Hey, chaps. Uh, we decided to take a walk um, up Main Street and we went into the local jeweler, uh, met the couple who owned it and ended up having an, a wonderful conversation. And um, it just really warms the heart when you understand that the people who are, you know, in your local economy, in your local area are just good, salt of the earth, traditional folk. Um, you know, it's like, wow, these are our people, you know, and you can talk a bit honestly and, uh, you know, slowly feel out each other's positions and all that stuff. And, you know, it's just so encouraging to know that there are, uh, you know, I think this is it. Social media and the news and the propaganda system puts out on you that you are the minority. You are the only one who believes what you believe. Everyone else, including your neighbor and your mother, believe differently and adhere to the cultural norms. And it's just not the case. You know, it's like Elijah in the cave with God. I'm like, God, I'm the only one. And he's like, dude, go back out there. There's 7,000 other men who have not bowed the knee. You know, and that's what's just so encouraging for us. You know, it's when you start living your life locally, when you start actually uh, tuning out of the propaganda, tuning out of clown world and looking uh, for creation world, for for God's great world that he has created and, and his wonderful people, you find it, you know? And so it was just really heartwarming for me of, of meeting our local people. And um, I think for a lot of us, you know, we would do well to, to just take some time out to go and speak to people, you know, don't just make your, your transaction, actually get chatting, you know, Hey, how are you doing? What do you think of this? Or, you know, uh, what did you think of that? And, and just probe a little, you know, I think it's time we started slowing down and having little conversations again. Um, you know, I'm, yeah, just pumped, pumped. We took the time to chat and not just say, Oh, thank you. And get out of there, you know? But so today, um, I had a phone call with a friend, uh, and it was really great. You know, we were just chatting through some of the practicalities around King energy, around King identity, around sun King software updates, you know? So for a lot of us, uh, good Christian boys, the software update that is is updated every every Sunday, uh, you know, it's it's a, a constant update. We're constantly syncing, syncing with the cloud uh, around us, and that cloud is Clown World. That that Sunday direct update is Clown Church, you know, and they tell us to. Here's here's where you know Satan is called the accuser, and this is something that us white boys struggle with. It's an ethnic weakness is accusation, right? We struggle with accusation. We've never been taught how to push back against accusation, to defend against accusation. You know, instead we, we, we justify and, oh, no, no, like, uh, you know, and we apologize and we, we, we backtrack, uh, you know, because we have no power. We've been taught that we have no power. We've been taught that we have no ability to set boundaries, that we have no ability to enforce boundaries. You know, whether that's through abusive uh, mothers or uh, distant fathers, uh, whether that's through abusive, uh, you know, gamma male uh, church leaders or, or, or fe female church leaders, you know, ladies who are running uh, a gynocentric church or a gynocentric university or a gynocentric, you know, whatever uh, club or whatever you've gone into, where it becomes, it becomes shameful to hold certain identities, you know? So for you to, to love your people, 
you know, to be, to be a lover of your heritage, to be a lover of your people, your place, you know, to be, wait a minute, God made me a, a man. God made me to be a patriarch of my people in place. And so I'm going to be confident. I'm going to uh, be direct. I'm going to be productive. Uh, I'm going to be a man on a mission, you know, and that guy comes into a church, you know, you're only 14, 15, 16 year, years old when, when these desires, the desire for land, the desire for power, the desire for wealth, the desire for sex, the desire for mission and purpose and identity and belonging, you know, these all start rising up uh, in your teenage years. And so you go to church all innocent, all sincere. And they tell you, you know, the ultimate mission is to be a good boy. You know, be polite, clean, clean things up, don't swear, don't smoke, watch porn, don't masturbate, don't, 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 don't. It's a bunch of just don'ts, right? You come in there and they just shackle you down with the law, right? With the law, you know, if you smoke, that's a sin. It's like, no, it's not. If you drink, that's a sin. No, it's not. If you, if you watch porn, that's a sin. No, it's not. You know, and so they they shackle you with these laws to keep you. Um, they castrate you, right? Where the where there are no oxen, the barn is clean. The church is clean. But where there are oxen, by the strength of oxen, uh, there is much gain. And so we have an ineffective church. We have an impotent church because the men have all been suppressed and boxed and 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 laden, burdened with law. That Christ came, you know, it's, it says that, you know, if you, if you get your righteousness by the law, then Christ has died in vain. You know, and so a lot of guys, we, we've been so brainwashed and brought up in this, in this lifestyle. We've been so brought up in this lifestyle that we can't, you know, when someone comes and preaches grace, when someone comes and preaches righteousness, when someone comes and preaches blessing and sonship and kingship, we're like, not me. I've been told I'm a sinner my whole life. Not me. I've been told I'm a wretch. I've been told I'm an orphan. And so, you know, I, I think we're, we're hitting on something here for, for a lot of us guys that the accuser comes and says, you don't deserve to be a king. Look at your past. Look at all these sins that you've committed. You know, and then we look at the professional pastor, the professional Christian is like, oh yeah, he's pretty squeaky clean. Uh, you look at the you know, whoever we, we, all we see are people's highlights, you know, that whole meme of like, all we see of other people are their highlights, their, their present, their cultivated brand, their cultivated pre presented image um, to the public. That's why it says in, in Timothy or Titus, wherever it is about the qualifications of a pastor, it says, have your household in order, your children, you know, because you cannot, your children are a barometer of your private life. You know, you can present the squeaky clean image. You can present, wow, that guy's the holiest man I've ever met. And it's like, if his children are, are not serving the Lord, if his children are unruly, if his children are all over the place, it's like, sorry, buddy, your private life is not your public life. You know, because children and, and, and spouses, they see you in secret. And so they start acting out in public to start because they, they can't contain the hypocrisy. And so they're like, we're going to act out in all these different ways because you are not you who everyone, everyone loves my dad. Everyone loves my mom or whatever it is, but like secretly she's abusing me or secretly he's a douche or, 
all this stuff. Like he says he believes all this stuff, but you need to see him at home. And of course they can't say that. So they act out and they, they, you know, and it's like, so what I'm trying to say is this, <clears throat> we have this accusation pushed on us. You know, Paul says, uh, all these temptations are common to men, common to all men. Paul had temptations. Paul, the most powerful apostle of all, had temptations that are common to you and me. And so what a lot of church pastors do, what a lot of organization leaders do, is they say, I'm the perfect guy. I don't have these temptations because I won't talk about it because I won't share my testimonies with it. I won't let you in on my insecurities, my fears, my failures, because I've, I know it's my own insecurity that once I let all that stuff out, everyone's going to leave me. Everyone's going to use that to control me. Everyone's going to accuse me of being, you know, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's why you be honest from the beginning. You don't build on lies. And so this is where we come to the whole thing of LARPing, you know, where I'm a huge fan of modeling, of copying, of uh, faith is to, is to understand something to be true before it's true for you. To believe something to be true before it's true for you. And so God's word says to us a whole bunch of things. You know, God loves you. God wants to bless you. God has blessed you. You are his son uh, that Jesus has brought you back into right. Jesus' blood has made me righteous, regardless of my actions. Jesus has brought me back into sonship. He's brought me back into kingship. He is the king of kings. We are the kings that he is king of. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, you are blessed. So blessed, like crazily blessed because of Jesus' righteousness. And so when you look at all these things, and you're like, well, I believe that's true. That's faith. But now works, right? Faith without works is dead. So we start working. We start living. We start walking out of that identity even before it's true. And that's when everyone shouts LARP. That's when everyone shouts fraud. That's when everyone shouts, uh, you know, fake or whatever. And, and, and we have this fear as guys of like, well, I really want to be a whatever, again, whatever your domain is, you know, economy or, or government or ministry or media, whatever it is. But it's like, I want to be, you know, on my heart, I want to be a homesteader, right? I want to have land. I want to have animals. I want to grow all our own food. Do I have the skills? No. Do I, did I grow up with that inheritance? No. Do I have land right now? No. And so if I start telling people, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a farmer or I'm a homesteader or whatever, you know, guys would be like, okay, um, you're a liar. You're a LARPer, right? Because you don't have the cows. You don't have the field. You don't have the homestead and all this stuff. But until I, in my head, start identifying and seeing myself, right? I've got to see myself as being able to be a farmer, being able to look after cattle, being able to take possession of land and steward it and manage it well. Until I can see myself in that place of like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a really good farmer. And then start walking out towards that, taking little steps, right? Because we're in this all or nothing phase, you know? If you are a farmer, well, then you've got to have all the cattle, all the thing, everything complete and finished right now, or you're not. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, we walk towards it. We walk towards the thing that we're hoping for, right? 
And then you look back and you're like, wow, like we've planted a garden. We've got this, we've got that. Like you, you, you come in, but it's because you've sat and be started becoming part of the identity. And so it is with, with kingship, you know, God says, you're a son, you're a king, you are blessed. And so from that identity, we start walking, we start working, you know, and someone comes and says to you, well, buddy, you're still sick. You're still poor. You're still ugly. And it's like, yeah, but God, God has said otherwise. And that's what faith is of like, I'm going to believe God and not my circumstances. And that's, those are the insane people who end up doing stuff, who end up, you know, David was just a little shepherd boy. He was the least son of, of his family. He was forgotten. He wasn't even invited to the prophet uh, feast, like overlooked, right? And the prophet comes and says to him, who in this instance is God saying to us, he comes and says to him, you are the, are the anointed. You are the next king. Oil, anointing, right? And he's like, yeah, I believe it. Was he king? No. But did he start acting like a king? Yes. And 14 years later, opposition, failure, He's out in the desert. Ha <laughs> ha, nice try, king. King, it's like, you're LARPing, you know? You're a fraud. And it's like, no, I'm a king. I am I just don't know how God is going to bring me in. I'm just walking it out. Rob, prosperity has spoiled most Western churches. Hard times will bring back the appreciation of the value of hard men with martial and masculine virtues. Yeah, man. You know, comfort, comfort is a wonderful thing. You know, a hot cup of coffee, cozy, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. But if I don't understand the sacrifice, the work that went in uh, to getting that comfort, you know, to getting that coziness, then it just becomes, it becomes valueless. We, va we do not value the peace that we have. We do not value the prosperity that we have, you know, and that's it. It's hard times then start coming because it's like you don't put in the work to keep the prosperity. You don't put in the work to keep the peace. And so you, you grow hardened to these comforts, you know, and, and, and we go back now into hard times. Exactly. And that's when we appreciate those things. You know, you go to South Africa for, for two weeks and boy, do you appreciate America? You know, you're like, wow, like, okay, we took a bunch of things for granted. Rob, right time, right place, right uniform. You must dress and act the part to be the part. It'll be LARPing until one manifests the reality of the role. So you've hit it on the head there. I wanted to talk about uniform. The Amish, the power of uniform, the power of costume, you know, so, so LARPing, for, for those of you who've never heard the term, it's A-L-A-R-P, live action role playing. And it, it kind of like, it was started by the whole nerd community of like, we're going to go and LARP Dungeons and Dragons and LARP medieval fights. And, you know, they have all these, uh, festivals where they do dress up as costumes and and superheroes and fantasy and whatnot and that's where a lot of guys laugh at it and be like oh you're just a, a nerd dressing up as a cartoon character but you look at a lot of just hot shot success for men in their domain and it's like they started out not knowing the heck what they were doing they're just like that guy's a successful i'm going to copy him i'm going to copy his voice i'm going to copy how he dresses i'm going to copy his methods I'm going to LARP as him until I make it. You know, you can, you can get so much, you know, so, so when we were, I was trying to become uh, a better rugby player, they would, we would watch tape of the guys whose position you were, uh, of like professional guys who had made it. 
we would watch tape of the guys who were our position, who were our kind of, of playing style, athleticism or build or whatever. And you would literally burn into your brain the image of them playing certain situations. And then when you're playing, you're playing not as yourself. You're playing as that person. You become, you, you in your mind are, I am not Scott. I'm this professional player. And, and, and it pushes you to a higher level of performance. It pushes you to a higher level of play because we have these, these insane insecurities, you know, of like, well, I could never do it. And so we're like, well, if I was, if I could be this guy, then I could do it. And it's like, and then you do, you become it, right? You become that person, you become that playing style. And it's the same way with, with so many things, um, you know, business, it's, it's exactly that, you know, you look at a lot of, a lot of performers where I think it was, um, man, it was some, it was some, uh, it was some actor in the fifties. I want to say like Humphrey Bogart, but it, it wasn't, but he said like, I became, I, I acted like the person I wanted to become until who I became was the person I acted as, you know, and you're indistinguishable from what you act. And you can do this with your voice as well, right? We, we can mimic things and mock things and parody things. And if we do it over and over and over again, it starts becoming ingrained in our speech patterns, right? And so like we start saying things differently. We start, we start adopting the language of the people we're around. And so that's the next thing you're saying there, Rob, right time, right place. It's getting around the right people, right? And so we often, here's a huge problem for us. We get around a bunch of people who are in the, the domain we want to be in. And we're like, okay, at any moment now, they're going to expose me that I don't know what I'm doing. You know, and a lot of guys, like, they just couldn't care less. Like, no one's thinking about you. They're just, like, carrying on with their own thing. And it's like, dude, you know, that's why the proverb says, he who keeps his mouth shut seems wise. You know, so if you're in a new domain or whatever, like, don't pretend like you know what you're doing. Don't pre like, you know, don't pretend to answer everyone's questions or, or be the, the big shot. Have humility. But also don't be afraid to try new things and don't be afraid to, to put yourself in a room and start copying the guys, you know, and, and be honest about it. Like, hey, man, like, I'd like to know more about this. Can I copy you? <laughs> Can I copy your notes? <clears throat> Rob, I'm not going to. Success defeated you. DVG, you and your friends may not believe that you are a king, but Satan and his minions do. That's why as soon as the anointing or the acting starts, the attacks start. Yeah, the accusations, right? To keep you from ever being crowned. That's so good, bro. Saul was attacking David and that evil spirit that tormented Saul, goading him to spear David and Jonathan before he was ever actually king. Yeah. And so, you know, that's it of we, and that, and that was Saul's problem himself. Like Saul, before he was anointed king, he was immensely prideful and he's like prideful, but he hid. And it's like, yeah, often the most insecure people are the most prideful people, right? We have so much pride in our image. So much pride in our, uh, what we think uh, people approve of that when God tells us to go do something else, we're like, can't do it. Like I'd rather hide or I'd rather not do it. Like I'd not step out, right? Because what if I fail and then my image is blown? And that is where humility and fear of the Lord, right? David was humble. David was like, oh, God says I'm king. Okay, I'm king. That's humility, right? Humility is being who God says you are, not more than, not let, you know, pride is I am better than God and condemnation is I am, 
I am irredeemable regardless of Christ's sacrifice, right? So you're spitting on Christ's sacrifice. So, so with Saul, you know, that pride led him to being afraid of, of being who God has told him to be, you know? And so, so that's a huge thing for us. So I just wanted to encourage us today with this whole thing of LARPing, you know, it's a great, a lot of, a lot of us have insecurities of, am I who I, I, it's not, am I who I, I want to be or whatever? Like we, we, we know we're not where we want to be. You know, a lot of us have these goals. We have these visions. Uh, or values of who we'd like to be, of what we'd like to achieve. And because we haven't done it yet, we're like, I'm not that guy. And it's like, yeah, you are that guy. And so until you get that in your head and get that in your heart and start walking that out, you know, it's it's that irrational confidence that God loves, you know, because what's the irrational confidence? It's not in me. It's not in myself. Like it's not in my good works or in my righteousness. My irrational confidence is that God loves me. He says I'm blessed. It's like, God says, I'm blessed. Like, okay, Lord, I'll take you at your word. You know, and even getting to the point of Jonathan where he's like, dude was so irrationally confident. He's like, well, God loves me. I'm I'm uh, God's guy. And so I'm going to pick a fight with 30 dudes. If we if we go up there and win, then God's going to win it for us. If we go up there and God doesn't do anything, then that's God's choice. I'm, I'm gunning it. And the, and the armor, cool, let's do it. I'm with you. Do what's on your heart. <laughs> and they go in and trash 30 dudes and start a little insurrection. And God loves that. You know, God loves when we step out in faith in him. It's not faith in my abilities. It's not faith in my goodness. Because this is something that, that us white boys struggle with, right? Is a, a conscience that is burdened by, remember again, burdened by laws that, that Christ never put on us right? Paul says everything is permissible. Not everything is beneficial, you know? And there's, there's certainly, you know, like if I go murder someone, yeah, that's a sin. You know, if I go steal and lie and cheat and stuff like that. And so it's like, my heart knows that I'm not going to go do that, but there's all these little side things, all these little soothing mechanisms, you know, sugar, alcohol, nicotine, caffeine, approval, porn, computer games, uh, you know, add, add a whole bunch of things to the list there. They're just like, you know, they're, they're not being a fud's best, you know? So, so, so we put all these laws on us that, that, that ruin our conscience, that dirty our conscience, right? If you can live with a clean conscience, then it's like, yeah, God would bless me. Yeah. God loves me. Yeah. God would do great things for me because he loves me and I'm his son. And we have an inheritance that it's, it's uh, a righteous man leaves an inheritance uh, to his children's children and God is righteous. So he's leaving us an inheritance. Uh, like, yes, God, it says ability and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. God is our promoter. God is my, among my people in my place. I am God's anointed. And so when we have that irrational confidence of, of I am God's anointed, then we trust God to protect us and we step out. We trust God to provide for us and we step out. We trust God to promote us and we step out, you know, and then God's like, yeah, it's my boy. He actually believes me. Like, hey, this is my guy. He actually believes what I've told him. You know, and, and that's the awesome, you know, that's the irrational, like, why does everyone love Donald? It's because he's irrationally confident. He's confident in himself. You know, he's confident in his own abilities and his own, um, uh, you know, power. But when he started out, he was, he was lopping. When he started out, he, he, you know, read his book, The Art of the Deal. It is fascinating. The dude was basically like, he had, uh, 
this desire to be a hotshot New York developer. And he was stuck out in the 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 burrows somewhere out there working for his dad, who was a, a tightwad, just a little brown building developer. And so he goes out there and he just starts making insane uh project offers and things and like getting people to like sell rights to things and like so you know you just look at this irrational confidence of a guy who a confidence of a guy who who is just a total pagan who doesn't uh, know god as his provider and, and protector and promoter that we know of um donald if you're watching just thumbs up emoji if if you are indeed uh, tight with the lord but it's such a um it's such a a white pill of like if a guy can trust in himself that much. Why can't we trust in the Lord that much? You know, why can't we be fearless uh, when when dealing uh, with our domain? Fearless when when dealing with uh, our vision and our our mission that we feel God is bringing us to be. And 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 you know, it's like, well, Scott, I'm I'm not good enough. I don't have the skills. And it's like, learn on the job. People who do have the skills to help you. You know, I don't have the resources. Start where you are. You know, what what do you have? You know, get get things going. Uh, on a bootstrap and, and God will start flowing resources in. It's like you start stepping, God starts directing. <clears throat> Tutumanga, welcome brother. Look at Donald's building. It is indeed a very attractive building. DVG, he's a baptized Presbyterian, good Scottish lad, you know. Yeah, there you go. You know, and, and that's it. It's a cleanness of conscience, you know. You, you look at guys with extreme confidence and it's like, it all comes down to conscience. Do you believe you're condemned? Like if you believe you're condemned, you're not going to be a, con a, a very confident guy, you know, but if you believe you're blessed, if you believe that everything you do is, is charmed, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm blessed by the Lord. Like this is my domain. This is my mission. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to start doing it, you know? And then the next thing we fear as well is like, is upsetting people, right? We fear upsetting people. We fear uh, people pointing out to us that, well, you're actually not as good as, as you think, you know? And this is, this is a result of the lack of a rite of passage, you know? So in the past you would have, you know, the Jews have bar mitzvah, a 12 year old boy, you know, all the, the grown men in his family, the uncles and the, the cousins and the, the dad, they would basically tell him like, all right, you're a man now. We recognize you as a man. And it's like, great, I'm a man now. And so a lot of us guys, we get to like 25, they do, whether it's a sports coach, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a, a family friend or even your own dad, which is, would be amazing to hear them say to you, like, you're a man now. I'm proud of you. You know, well done. Like you, you go and, and, and get things done or, you know, yeah, this guy's, this guy's going to take care of business. He's competent. Uh, I recommend him. Oh, like someone gave me permission. Someone gave me identity. You know, it's that whole thing of, of fathering, you know, and, and a lot of us didn't get that and he will answer you. You know, he will, he will tell you who you are. Rob, there was a forum post years ago where men started discussing building Batman. And so what would a man have to do to be Batman? Jiu-Jitsu, working out, boxing, etc., etc. It's an interesting concept to identify an ideal end state as a man and then reverse engineering to identify those required steps. Exactly, man. You know, and that's what happened for me with, with growing up with, with British military, uh, uh, mythology and idealism is like the ideal man for me was a, a British officer, you know? And so everything in my life was centered around that of, of I'd like to conduct myself uh, with the status and esteem of a British officer, you know, and, and, and you can take on that persona. There we go. Persona building. 
you know. And if your gang, if your church, if your tribe has Amish, the Amish have a persona, you know, we're a hardworking, plain clothed, skillful, agrarian man. And it's like, that's the persona you grow up into. It's the persona that's demonstrated for you. You know, instead for us, the persona that's demonstrated is metrosexual, uh, cubicle, soy um, life, you know. Uh, but that's it, you know, like, who is your Batman? You know, and that's why it is important as well. Like, chaps, I highly recommend reading biographies. You know, you read Donald's book and you're like, oh, like, there's so many encouraging aspects that you're like, man, like, again, it's this. So many pastors are afraid of being open and vulnerable with the men in the church. So many pastors are afraid of saying like, yeah, I've got struggles. I've got insecurities. I've got weaknesses. I've got uh, things that no one knows about in public. That would strengthen you so much. Like, wow, I thought you were perfect and I would never attain to what you, you were. But now I have hope. Now I know that I'm not the only broken guy. You know, it's, it's a crazy thing. And it's like, man, have role models. And, and maybe that's the next thing. You know, we, we have role models and then we expect us to lobster energy. And, um, and then he falls, right? He has a huge, he can't maintain his public persona. He can't maintain uh, the image that we've all put on him, the expectations we've all put on him to be a strong father of, of strong character and, and walk it out. And he falls and all these guys are just gutted and bitter and uh, rejected, right? Because even though he didn't reject them, I mean, he doesn't even know you. He doesn't even know your name. It's a rejection as far as like the, the, the father I thought was the ideal man, the paragon of virtue and masculinity has fallen. What hope do I have? You know, and we do that in churches, right? We, we put on the pasta, you know, and, and we, we spiral on them. <clears throat> DVG, the prince of the power of the air is attacking the Wi-Fi signals. Yeah, sorry about that, Jeps. It's, uh, it's all over the place. We have a bit of a storm brewing, so I wonder if that's anything there. Putamanga, the Buddha, gets angry too. Buddha got angry, and he would then rage eat. We struggle with permission, right? And that comes from a right understanding of hierarchy, but we don't understand how to get the permission, right? We're so afraid of doing something without permission. We're so afraid of, of disappointing God, disappointing leaders, disappointing women, disappointing culture. That, that heart to please is good, right? But who do we ask permission from? And this is rightly understanding hierarchy. So a lot of us are seeking permission from people whose hierarchies we are not a part of right? And, and a lot of times we, we don't need permission for the things we want to do. It's like that whole thing of like, can I go to the bathroom? Can I go to the bathroom? It's like, dude, you're a grown man. You don't need permission to go to the bathroom. And it's the same way in our domains. You know, so many things that we're doing, it's like, well, I need the blessing of some people or I need the, the permission. It's like, no, no, no. Like start working, start doing the thing. And, and you'll very quickly start bumping into hierarchy and, and figuring that all out. But like, don't wait to do the thing uh, until someone comes and blesses you. <clears throat> Tutamanga, as Alan Watts says, uh, then the rage is over. Like a child, Keith, a tantrum. You move on. Yeah. So yeah, chaps, you know, it, it's, a, it's a huge thing, this thing of anointing and commission. And, and when we start reading... Uh, God's promises to us and seeing it as his anointing, his permission slip, his blessing to us uh, to go out and, and uh, take dominion and extend dominion. Um, and one of those things is 
is this persona of understanding kingship. What does, who is the ideal king in my mind, in my domain, you know, and to really emulate that and copy that and, and work out our lives with a persona, you know, and it, it's, and, and I think as well, getting around other guys who you can be honest with and who you can be vulnerable with and be like, yep, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, could you help me through this? Or, or even just to the point of like, yep, might fail. Um, you know, who, who's willing to give this a bash with me kind of thing. So that's a, a, a big thing for us there of, of this squeaky clean outside persona that we just can't keep up and that we feel as imposters and, and all of that stuff. So I just wanted to encourage you guys, the LARP is good. We must have it lead to steps, to actions, you know, so, so to LARP towards consumption, you know, because a lot of guys, they LARP towards consumption and comfort. Um, whereas I think if we can LARP towards sacrifice and LARP towards meaning uh, and uh, contribution, I think that's when, you know, because that's it. If you're going to LARP as a British officer, well, that means you need to start, you know, training for war and having a plan um, and, and gathering your troops. And, and it's reading these stories of, of the great men of our time. And then the last thing I just wanted to, to end on here with, with David uh, and chaps, just uh, as I, I wrap this up, if you have any questions or any uh, other things you'd like to discuss, just fire away there in the comments. But the last thing here is is being a man after God's heart. You know, that's how David is is described as a man after God's heart. Why? Because he took God at his word, you know. So the prophet comes and anoints him to be king. Every other circumstance is against him, right? He's he's chased. He's He's uh, accused, he's denigrated, he's rejected, he's pushed out into the desert. And he doesn't crumble and be like, oh God, you said, you promised, this is all, I quit, I'm leaving. You know, it's no, I take God at his word. And so God will bring me in. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a man who worries. So I, so Lord, I know that you've made me to be blessed, that you've made me to be a son, that you made me to be a king, to take dominion in this domain. And so I believe that. I take you at your word. And, and that's the place of, of being a man after God's heart. God, I know you, you, you have commanded a blessing on me. God, I know you are my promoter, my protector, my provider. So I don't know how. I don't know, you know how you're going to do all this stuff. And even when it's adverse, when there's the circumstances aren't there, all this stuff is like, no, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm holding on to this identity. I'm holding on to this belief system. That is what we work at, is I'm a man after God's heart. I'm a man who believes God at his word, even when the circumstances aren't lining up. Yep, so praise God. And uh, yeah, I just pray a blessing on your time with your families. Uh, for those of you who are not yet married, that the Lord is uh, directing your steps to a beautiful and virtuous young lady. And for all of you gents who are married, that you may have many, many more children. Praise God. Love you, brothers. Have a good one.